Welcome to the Emmaus Fellowship Teaching Podcast. We trust you find this encouraging. Emmaus Fellowship is located at 205 North Pine Street in Woodland Park, Colorado. Our phone number is 719-687-6061. We trust you find this encouraging as you pour over God's Word with us. Gave me a voice and a song Taught me how to sing So I wanted to ask you a question right off the bat, and it'll probably uh, end up being in the prompts here towards the end, but I was curious to have you think about the last time that you definitively knew that a prayer had been answered. One of your prayers or the prayers that you were aware of, of another person praying, uh, anything that you had witnessed in the way of answered prayer, I just want you to pause for a moment and think about that. Okay? Now, it's certainly encouraging when you yourself have been praying and you have had just the encouragement of God, even the burden of prayer to pray, and you've put your heart towards that in earnest, and then you've watched the fulfillment of that prayer, and you've watched the Lord answer that prayer. Not always in ways that you imagine, but you know that you know that God answered your prayer. There's something incredibly encouraging about that and powerful about that, and it should only serve to spark you um, in just a passion and a hunger to pray more. Last week when Brian Finnamore came to Emmaus Fellowship, before we began worship, I asked him, hey, Brian, what you got on your heart today? And I rarely ask him that. I certainly trust him uh, to bring whatever the Lord is putting on his heart. And he simply said, I want to speak on the legacy of prayer, the legacy of prayer. And I really like that. Um, And as we know, he drew from James 5. And I'll certainly let you listen to the podcast Uh, as we have put that up. And there's certainly the archives of the live stream that occurred on Facebook that's still available for you. And one thing about the live stream, I'll I'll mention this about the live stream. Uh, You can fast forward that. So if you want to move into the worship and um, then move into his teaching, uh, you can certainly just fast forward that. Again, great teaching, encouragement, Certainly felt the presence of the Holy Spirit at the end of our time uh, together with Brian. Um, I was encouraged that the Lord wanted us to respond to what he was saying and and really just inviting us into, uh, and that felt more like substantive for me than reacting uh, to what I was feeling. Uh, so the response has been, we are calling you to come and pray. Uh, Before we have our in-person gatherings at Emmaus Fellowship, I'm inviting you to come an hour early, so nine o'clock if you would like, and walk through the city. You can walk um, from your house to the church, or you can walk around your neighborhood, or you can come gather together 
and walk from Emmaus Fellowship out and about and then circle back around by 10 o'clock when we have our start time. The reason why I wanted to do that is because I want us to have God's heart for our city and I want us to be interceding for our city and I want us to be um, just really a force in the city of God's people and we want to be praying into the kingdom of God coming into Woodland Park as it is in heaven. And so we have a part to play in that. We have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to pray. Uh, The Holy Spirit has given us the ability to pray. He's teaching us how to pray. And he is also empowering us because even in our weakness, when we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit intercedes through us, sometimes with groanings. And as we read in Ephesians 6, we are encouraged to pray constantly in the Spirit with every form of prayer. So that's not just praying in tongues. That's every form of prayer, but by the Spirit, as the Spirit is encouraging and and just leading us as as we pray. So we're going to start that next week. So we have an outdoor service at Emmaus Fellowship next week. Starts at 10 o'clock. I'd like to invite you to come if you want to park an hour early in the parking lot and just meet up with some folks and just start walking through the the neighborhoods. And if people ask you, hey, what are you guys up to? Uh, It's interesting, isn't it? Like if you think about a church group going around neighborhoods, they usually have something in their hand that they want to hand you in the way of like um, a track or in the way of like, you know, some kind of pamphlet to invite them to come into something. Certainly you can invite people to come in, but really the the main reason why we are walking through the city is to pray blessing over these neighborhoods, over these houses, to ask God to give us insight and in how we can be praying for our city. And so we want to put into action the things that were stirring in us last week as Brian Finnamore shared about the power and effectiveness of prayer, specifically the prayer of the righteous. Now, this was something as Brian was sharing, I was just like, oh, Brian, more. I want more. Say more about that. Just what it means to be praying as one who is righteous. He made the contrast briefly about um, we are righteous in our acts. We have a righteous living that we engage in, that we do. But our righteousness, the identity that we carry as the righteous is not based on our good works, uh, but it is based on the finished work of Jesus Christ. And we have been clothed in righteousness because of faith, the faith that we have in Jesus Christ and the trust that we put in him for our salvation not only assures us that when we die, we go to heaven, but we have this faith in the fact that he is imparted to us, imputed to us really, His righteousness, that is a gift for us that we get to live out of. Isn't it beautiful to know that the the goal of living a righteous life is not found in, like, is not met in striving to live righteously, but actually agreeing with the identity that you are a righteous person in God's eyes because of what Jesus has done. And not only that, The fact that you have said yes to Jesus 
means that the Holy Spirit has come into you. I love Ephesians 6, how it's talking about the explosive power of God moving in and through you. You understand that this is the power that enables us to live righteous lives. And so, as I've been sharing even this week with the kids that are at this uh, wilderness ranch, there's a transition that we make from a transactional relationship with God into a relational relationship with God. Transactional relationships with God tend to sound something like, if I, then God. And in the application here with prayer and righteousness, if I live a righteous life, if I don't sin, then God will hear my prayers and answer my prayers. How about this? Because God, now I, this is the transition into a relational Uh, dynamic Christian experience because God initiated through his love and his grace to give to you and I a righteousness, not of our own doing, but a gift from Christ. Now we, so because God, now we, because of righteousness imparted to us, now we have the capacity to pray with fervency and with power. And I love what Brian said about that. He says, God has prayer assignments for us that only the righteous can engage in. It's only the righteous that can step forward into this spiritual battle, not on the defensive, but stepping into the the activity, the fray, as uh, Brian referred to it, or the hurricane, as Brian said last week. Only the righteous have been clothed with the power to step into that and influence the darkness and not the other way around. Those of us uh, who are understanding more and more our place and our position and our authority in Jesus Christ have greater and greater confidence, don't we, to step in and not be afraid that the darkness is going to like Um, influence us, but the other way around, we are going to influence the darkness. So when the scriptures tell us that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, um, it's not like there's these big gates that are moving towards the church and wanting to crush us. No, it means that the church moves forward and presses through those realms of darkness that are really just influencing and impacting our city, impacting our nation and the nations, and just really wreaking havoc on human beings left and right. And it is the church, it is you and I who have been given the, the authority and the power because of the righteousness of Christ, to step into those areas in intercession and prayer. And those prayers are powerful and effective. They bring victory. I want to encourage us with that. Now, I do want to uh, circle around to this one concept, because sometimes in our zeal, and sometimes in our old ways of thinking, we find ourselves kind of focusing our prayers and our um, our warfare, really. And by warfare, I mean spiritual warfare. That act of overcoming, that act of taking authority and being triumphant over the powers of darkness. Sometimes if we're not careful, we'll put people in the center of the bullseye. We'll put people, human beings, 
in the center of that. You know, in James 5, it refers to Isaiah, no, it refers to Elijah, actually. It refers to Elijah and his prayer life and how powerful that was. And there's a couple of references, actually, to Elijah. Uh, One is in James, and the other one, actually, uh, the disciples, James and John, uh, his brother, they refer to Elijah when they're having this conversation with Jesus. And it's found in Luke 9. In fact, I'd like to read it. I'm going to grab this right now and just read this. This is Luke 9, verses 51 on down. Okay? So Jesus let nothing distract him from departing for Jerusalem because the time for him to be lifted up drew near. And this is referring to his crucifixion and also to resurrection and the ascension. And he was full of passion to complete his mission there. I love that. And so he sent messengers ahead as envoys to the village of the Samaritans. Basically what he's doing is he's sending out a couple of his disciples to go ahead of them and to make preparations for them to stay in a village, uh, the village of the Samaritans. But as they approached the village, the people turned them away. They would not allow Jesus to enter for he was on his way to worship in Jerusalem. So they had a little attitude about Jesus going to Jerusalem and not staying with them there. So they're like, no, we don't want you to stay here. Okay, when the disciples, uh, actually it's Jacob, sorry about that. When the disciples Jacob and John realized uh, that what was happening, they returned to Jesus and said, Lord, if you wanted to, you could command fire to fall down from heaven just as Elijah did and destroy all these wicked people. Jesus rebuked them sharply saying, don't you realize what spews from your hearts when you say that? The son of man did not come to destroy life, but to bring life to the earth. And so they went to another village instead. So there's a couple of things in that that I want to point out because I know Brian and I know his sense of humor and I kind of miss how sarcastic he can be sometimes. He's he's tempered that down a little bit, hasn't he? Uh, But one of the things that he was talking about last week was like, are people afraid of you because you pray? And I think what he was trying to stir in us is like, we should be known as people who have effective prayers. Now, when it comes to Elijah, he called down lightning on a couple of different uh, people, uh, a lot of different groups of people in his day. And so here we have uh, the disciples that are referring to that and saying, do you want, actually in the other translations that you might have read that in, it would say, do you want us to call down lightning to basically incinerate all these people in this village in of Samaritans. And Jesus says, you do not know what spews from your heart in saying this. In the King James, it says, you do not know of what spirit you are saying this out of. Uh, And so it's really passionate in Jesus that he has come to bring life and not death and destruction. And yet the disciples, and yet some of us, even as the disciples, if we're not careful, we can allow our hearts to be influenced by a spirit or a spiritual way that is not of Christ. And it can even be in the church. Okay. And what I want to do is just take just a moment here to contrast uh, the difference between empire and 
and the, the lamb that was slain, Jesus. There is a liturgy of empire and all of its anthems and all of its hymns and all of its ceremony and you know all of the things related to empire, whether that's the Roman Empire or the Babylonian Empire or American influenced you know ways of doing life that has a tendency if we're not careful to exploit people or to put people against other people to bring division all of that is just the spiritual powers and principalities that are influencing not only individuals but even governing forces that bring about like this destructive power all of the liturgy of empire points eventually to violence and death, including the death of Christ, all right? And so the contrast then is the liturgy of the lamb who was slain, Jesus, is spoken of quite clearly here that he has come to bring life and life to the fullest. And so you can see the contrast and there's a real clear line. And if we're not careful, if we put people in the center of the bullseye in any spiritual conflict that we engage in, then we are being influenced by another spirit. That what spews out of our hearts is not life-giving, life-hope, not life-encouraging and strengthening and building, but actually the opposite. And that is what is in direct contrast with the kingdom of God on the earth in many forms, in many shapes, in many languages, in many dialects, and in many ways, we just have to know that you and I, as the body of Christ, we're under the lineage and also we worship in the, in the liturgy of the lamb who was slain and not any other empire, not any other force or power or principality that wants to bring destruction to human beings. And so our weapons that we have been given are contrary to that of the world. And so the things that the lamb who was slain, Jesus, is wanting us to engage in is a life-giving engagement of spiritual warfare. It's for the sake of people coming into life that we engage in spiritual warfare. It's so that the life of Christ can be realized more fully. It's so that the ways of the kingdom with his peace and his joy and his righteousness can be established on the earth as it is in heaven. In individuals' lives and over cities and over nations. And so this is the hope that I have, that we would align ourselves with this liturgy of the lamb who was slain, with this liturgy of Jesus who came to bring life to all people and not destruction. And so I just wanted to clarify that in case there were some questions in your heart. I do not in any way, shape, or form think that that Brian was um, wanting to encourage us to start calling down lightning bolts um, in our city or in the nation. I think it's just the opposite, and I so appreciate what Brian brought to us last week and how it really has empowered and encouraged and strengthened us to be people of prayer as we move into our days ahead, including next Sunday. So if you would like to join in, just come at nine o'clock and there'll be 
It's pretty informal. Just start moving through the city and praying and come back by 10 o'clock. We're going to have church outside next week. And we so look forward to seeing you there. And I'll be back with a few prompts here in just a moment. God bless you. It's our joy to offer these podcasts. We sure hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, any prayer requests, feel free to drop us a line at Fellowship at iCloud.com. If you're curious about ways you can be more deeply involved in this community, visit our website at EmmausFellowship.org and be sure to like our Facebook page.